Bibles, please, and let's turn to Luke chapter 2. start reading verse 1 of Luke chapter 2 and it came to pass in those that we decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed and this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria no one to be taxed one to his own city Joseph also went up out of the city of Nazareth into Judea under the city of David which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David we taxed with, da- with Mary his first wife being with child and so it was that while they were there the days were accomplished, she should be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for him in the inn. And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring good things of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And, it shall be a, and it, this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as these were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which come pass which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the same which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told unto them pray gracious father we thank you this day for the wonderful privilege it is as believers to come together and remember yet again wonderful day that happened some 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ left heaven's glory and became the perfect God man born in Bethlehem with the intent of living amongst us and dying on the cross of Calvary that we might say we thank you for our Savior today. And Lord, as we take time to look in your word, we pray that you would fresh our hearts, you'd challenge us. Even though, Father, this story is old, may it be new in our hearts. May we glean something from your word today that will bless us. We consider Christ this Christmas. And Lord, I pray that you give me wisdom and high, enable me, empower me, Guide me, Father God, as I reach, and may we today be able to leave singing your praise, saying hallelujah. What a Savior. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Now today, more than a billion people around the world will celebrate Christmas. Amid candlelight and carols and Christmas trees, the old story unfold yet again. Gabriel's visitation, journey to Bethlehem, the arrival of the baby in Abel, the glorious announcement to the shepherds in the night to the east. The law will be told again and again and again, and they have been told over this week, and will be told again today around the world. 
The story is a familiar one. And therein lies a great problem, a great danger, that of familiarity. That you and I might know the story all too well, so well in fact, that we miss its wonder. We get caught up in the celebration, we get caught up in the festivity, we get caught up in the day, that we get caught up in what's going on, and all of us love Christmas, uh, and I'm the least of those who love Christmas, I love everything about it, love uh, uh, the present, love having family around, I love uh, the Christmas dinner and everything else. We get caught up in the moment, but we forget the meaning. We get caught up in the moment, but we miss the wonder of Christmas. 500 years ago, Martin Luther said that the mystery of the humanity of Christ, that he sunk himself into our flesh, is beyond all human understanding. That God, who was fully divine, took upon himself a human body to live among us is certainly beyond me. But in reading the Bible, I can see that his doing so was absolutely necessary for our redemption. See, Christmas is all about our redemption, beloved. That's why it's important, why it's necessary that we remember it. This day is all about our redemption. God, the Son, left heaven's glory and became man for you and me that he might die, we may be saved. Well, this morning I want to revisit Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Well, we see some wonderful things happened on long ago when Christ was born. And from this passage, we can see that Christ's birth resulted in at least three things. Personally, it notes for me that the birth of Jesus Christ resulted in praise. Verse 8 to 14, it says, And there were in the same country shepherds of the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angels came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And there was sore afraid. And the angels said unto them, Fear not, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign to you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was the angel and multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace, goodwill to man. The birth of Jesus Christ resulted in praise. You know, you and I can only speculate how much the angels knew or indeed understood about what would take place when Christ was born. We don't know what was going on in glory. We don't know how much warning they got of this event taking place. We don't know what was happening uh, for the angels. We can only speculate and only imagine what might have taken place in that night when the, uh, shepherd, when the shepherds were in their field and the angels came to announce the birth of Jesus Christ. You and I don't really know what was going on, what they fully understood, what they really knew. But there's no questioning that they were excited when it finally happened. When they came to announce the birth of Jesus Christ to the shepherds, they didn't do it quietly. They didn't do it without a sense of enthusiasm. They did it with great gusto and with great excitement. First of all, the angel came in verse 10. Then to them, behold, I bring you good tidings, great joy, which should be to all people. For unto, us, unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord. 
And as the shepherds are taking that in, the, this breathtaking statement from an angel, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill toward all men. When the angels came, there is no doubt they were excited to announce the birth of Jesus Christ. Not long ago, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the creator of the universe, left the glories of heaven and became a man. And that event brought the angels from heaven, testified the glorious truth that Christ, the Savior, is born. Here is the crea their creator. Here is their Lord, their master, who submitted themselves to, and now he comes, submits himself to a lowly position, becomes a man to die for mankind. Christ had come to die sin and death and the devil might be defeated and they now rejoice Christ the Savior is born. You know while you and I sing songs such as Silent Night we ought not to forget that that night long ago according to Revelation chapter 12 that night long ago was far from quiet and peaceful. You see, there was an all-out war raging when Christ was born. Go with me to Revelation chapter 12, please. Revelation chapter 12. Okay, let me read this. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. She being with child cried travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. There appeared another heaven and behold a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head and he stole through the third part of heaven and he cast on the earth and the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as born. And she brought forth a man child who was to rule nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up under God to his throne. And the woman fled into the woods where she had a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his, and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought against his angels. You know, the woman here, of course, is the nation of Israel, the one being born of the Savior, and the battle being waged is that between the God's angels and the devil and his angels. And that war had been raging for uh, some 4,000 years before Christ was born. And that war is continuing to rage in many ways. But you know, that night, as we, you and I think about the birth of the Savior, and we sing at night, and we sing about all the wonderful things about Christmas, we remember that that night was far from peace because the war raging. Satan and his demons vehemently opposed the birth of Jesus Christ. They've been working since the Garden of Eden to prevent the birth of the Savior. They tried to corrupt the, 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 the process by having Adam and Eve sin. And by Adam and Eve then, uh, you know, uh, 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 other events happening through Adam and Eve and through the book of Genesis and so on, Satan has tried to destroy the coming of the Savior. But now this birth, 
Jesus Christ has come. He has shown himself to be the victor. Is it any wonder the angels came and said, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, good world on men, for Christ the Savior is born. This was the beginning of the end for the devil. This was the beginning of the end for Satan. The beginning of the end for death and hell. That's why the angels are singing great praise in plain sight of the shepherds. You know, the angels were not the only ones praising God that night. Because if you go down to verse 17, read this, it says, and when they had seen it, this is the shepherds, and when they had seen it, when they would seen the baby, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. And all that heard it wondered at those things which were told them, the shepherds. And verse 20, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. He were told the shepherds, having raced to town after the angel told them about the birth of the Savior, have raced to town, they have found the place where the Savior was born, and they've uh, seen the, ch- the, the child, they've seen the Savior. And they've seen the things themselves that the angels revealed to them, and they too left the stable praising God. Imagine the scene with me that night, if you would. These men left that place, started walking through the streets of Bethlehem. Now remember, Bethlehem is crowded at this time of the year. Caesar Augustus has ordered a census that all men should be taxed, and everyone had to return to their own country. And the reason why Christ is born in a stable, laid in a manger, is because there's no room for him in the inn. Because the town of Bethlehem is packed and busting at the seams with visitors. Couldn't you imagine the scene that night as the shepherds leave that stable and start to rejoice and they start to sing praise and they start to be known abroad, which it says in verse 17. And when they'd seen it, they'd made known abroad the same which was told them concerning this child. They went and told everybody that Christ, the Savior, is born. Now, I don't know how late at night this is, and I don't know how peaceful the city, the, the town of Bethlehem is at this time. I don't know how many people are already in bed. I, I don't know what's going on, but I do know this, that by the time the shepherds had finished, there were too many people sleeping in Bethlehem that night as they went around telling everybody about the great news that Christ, the Savior, is born. There was great joy. They'd just seen the salvation of Israel. They'd just seen the promised Messiah. They'd just seen the promised Savior of mankind. No wonder they told everybody that they saw that Christ, the Savior, was born. You know, the birth of Christ resulted in great praise from everyone involved, from the angels to the shepherds, because they delighted in the news they heard and the baby that they had seen. Verse 2 says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And they got a glimpse of the work of God. In, the midst, in their midst, they rejoiced and they praised God. You know, praise is important. And the absence of praise ought to tell us something is wrong. God's work in our lives should result in praise. 
And if there's any time of the year, any day of the year, where you and I as believers ought to be excited and ought to be rejoicing and ought to be praising, it would be today. Because the day is the day that you and I remember that God intervened in the affairs of men so that you and I could be saved. Christ, the Savior, was born. So the work of God in our lives should result in praise from our lips. This Christmas, as we consider the events of that first Christmas, I trust that we'll lift our voices in praise to God for our Savior is born. The birth of Jesus Christ resulted in praise. It also resulted in great news. Look at verse 10. The angel said unto them, Fear not, hold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The birth of Christ resulted in great news. The words, the word good tidings there in verse, For unto you, uh, for the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I have good tidings of great joy. The word good tidings means good news. He says, don't be afraid. I've got some good news for you. Now, you can imagine the angels would be rather startled. I don't know about you, but if I was sitting outside on the side, minding my own business, looking after my sheep in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden an angel appeared to me, I suspect I'd be a bit afraid. I don't know about you, but it probably would set me back a bit. Uh, and uh, the first thing that probably goes through my mind is, what have I done wrong? Uh, and is this judgment about to arrive? Because that's what the angels had to quell the fears of the shepherd because they thought. And the angel says to the shepherds, fear not because I've got good news for you. And the angel brought good news of great joy, it says in verse 10. So not only is it good news... But this good news I brought to you should bring great joy. This is going to be exciting news. Now, you know, when a baby is born, there's something exciting about that, isn't there? You know, when, when you find out that somebody has given birth to a child, it's exciting news. It's just something that, that, that gets all excited. Whether that person is related to us or that person just saying, there's something about the announcement of a birth that brings joy to us. Well, here is the... Greatest birth announcement of all time. Angels leave heaven's glory and they say to the shepherds, Why? Because I have good tidings for you. And what are the good tidings? The good tidings are great joy. And why are they not great joy? Because a baby's born. And this is no, no uh, uh, individual that's not special. This is a special baby that's born. It's Savior. You know, and it's great joy because it had been long anticipated. This birth had been anticipated for 4,000 years. Back in the Garden of Eden, after Adam and Eve sinned, Eve gave birth to a son, and she said, Behold, I have a child from the Lord. She thought that that child was the Savior, one that had been promised in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, who would come and would crush the head of Satan. She believed that that child was that man-child, until, of course, she realized it wasn't. And so for 4,000 years, the Bible has been teaching about the coming of the, the, coming of the Savior, this man-child that God promised in the Garden of Eden. And now there is great joy in that night because it had been long anticipated. See, this was not a nine-month pregnancy as far as the heavenly host was concerned. This had been a 4,000-year expectation. This birth of 4,000 years in the coming... 
Now, at the end of 4,000 years, the angels are unleashed, told to go and announce the birth of the Savior, and it's exciting, it's great joy, it's great news. Because it's been long anticipated. Joy because the Savior was finally here. Verse 11 For unto you is on this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And it was great joy because all men could now be saved. It says in verse 11, For unto you born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Look in verse 14. Uh, it says, uh, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. This news is good news for all men. This good news is good news to every man, woman, and child. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He was not just a Jewish Savior. This was on earth goodwill to all men. For man could ne'er be saved. There's great joy because of that. All who call upon him as their Savior now can become the sons of God. For unto you is born a Savior. I have great joy today knowing that the birth of Christ happened 2,000 years ago, and with the birth of Christ, God made provision for my salvation. He left heaven's glory so that he could come and dwell amongst men and that he could become my Savior and become your Savior. And for that, we ought to rejoice and get excited. You ought to even say a name. Christ the Savior is born. Scott's not here. See, if Scotty was here this morning, I'd have got an amen right there. Okay? I always guarantee I do. All right. Because Christ the Savior is born. We need to rejoice today. It's a wonderful story. It's a wonderful truth. Not only is it good news of great joy, but it was good news concerning verse 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace. Goodwill. Toward more men. It's a story of peace. You know, in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, as Pastor Kendall has been explained to us, it was prophesied that a child would be born the Prince of Peace. When the Apostle Paul wrote, uh, wrote uh, about Jesus and the gospel, he called it the gospel of peace. The Bible says he is our peace. That by his he made peace. He purchased our peace. The name and preached peace. The Bible says that in a natural simple condition you and I are enmity with God. There's a war raging between us and God. In our unsaved condition we're at enmity with God. We're out of sorts with him. But Jesus came to change all of that. He came to remove the enmity. He came to reconcile us to God. We just sang about it in that song, God and sinners reconciled. That was the message of the angels. Hark the herald angels sing. That was the message of the angels, that God and sinners were reconciled. That now it's possible for you and I to be brought back to God. It's possible for you and I to have peace with God because he's the prince of peace. The greatest peace that man can have is their peace with God. And that's possible because of Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the angel could say that he brought good tidings and great joy. 
unto you and unto me was born that day in the city of David a Savior who would bring peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Christ the Savior is born, not a politician, not a doctor, not a merry commander, but a Savior, Christ the Lord, the God-man, who would die as payment for our sins that you and I might have peace with God. And that is great news of great joy. Today, Christ the Savior is born. The birth of Jesus Christ resulted in praise. It resulted in great news. And lastly, it resulted in glory. It resulted in glory. Look in verse 14 and verse 20. Glory to God in the highest, and earth peace, goodwill toward men. Verse 20. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. The angels gave glory to God. The shepherds glorified God. The birth of Jesus Christ resulted in glory. I believe you would that Christ's birth was glorious in its fulfillment. You know, Daniel had foretold about when Christ would be born. Isaiah said that a virgin would conceive. The prophet Micah told us where Christ would be born, in Bethlehem of Judea. Jeremiah foretold even the killing of all the males under the age of two that happened after the wise men came to meet with King Herod. The angels announced it. The birth of Jesus Christ was fulfillment of some glorious promises. The life of Jesus Christ is an amazing testament of the glory of God. You ever thought, you know, God over and over again put his name, put his reputation on the line, if you like, by giving exact details as to what would happen when Christ was born. And if any one of those details had not matched the story when Christ was born, people would have criticized God. And who else but God could say what will happen tomorrow with such exactness. 400 prophecies at least were fulfilled in that very night when Christ was born. They were fulfilled in detail. You know, it's glorious. No wonder the angels were singing glory. No wonder the shepherds went away glorifying God because this was the fulfillment of such wonderful prophetic 400 at least prophecies fulfilled in that night alone when Christ is born. His was glorious instrument. Christ's birth is glorious in its wonder. Think about it for a second. The whole story of the incarnation is full of wonder and glory, isn't it? What a promise a son who cried the head of Satan. The entire Old Testament story is the story of God preparing the nation of Israel for the coming of Messiah and preparing a body for Jesus Christ. The virgin birth is a wonder. That God would come and be manifest in the flesh, that a virgin would conceive and have a son. And she conceived of the Holy Ghost. And she bring forth the perfect God-man who could die on the cross of Calvary for you and I is a wonder. That the King of Kings will be born in a stable. Later is a wonder. When I think of all the wonders surrounding the birth of Jesus Christ, it causes me to say glory to God in the highest. 
No wonder they glorified him. The angels, the shepherds, the star at Bethlehem, the 1,000-kilometer journey of the Magi to see the Christ child. I cannot help but rejoice today that Christ, the Savior, is born. I cannot help but give glory to God today because my Savior was born. Can you imagine the feelings experienced by these shepherds? I, mean, I, I, I dare say that as they got older and they started to share these stories with their children, their grandchildren, that, that, that you couldn't have the smile off their face every time they told it. I mean, they're shepherds. Sitting outside, outside of Bethlehem, looking after sheep, which is not the most glorious jobs in the world. In fact, in the economy of Israel in that day, the shepherds were the lowest of the low. It was not the kind of job that you would tell, you, tell him that what you're going to do when you leave school is going to become a And there they were, just minding their own business, doing what they'd done every night for the past whoever knows years, looking after sheep, and all of a sudden an angel comes and tells them that there's been a baby born in Bethlehem, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, and what's more, they go and they find the babe just as they had been told. And as they leave, they are glorifying God and telling everybody who will listen that they've just seen the Savior. They say, for however long these men live, that whenever they counted this story, they did it with great joy. They did it with great rejoicing. They couldn't help but praise God. Because that night changed their lives. It only changed their lives from, from being unknown shepherds to being shepherds who everybody now knows about, but changed they had seen the Savior. They were the first to be told about the Savior being born. Now, the angels didn't appear to royalty. They did not announce the birth to the wise men. They appeared to shepherds, common men who served a common purpose. They were given an uncommon experience. They were told, and they went to see, and they return glorifying. You know Jesus Christ your Savior. This ought to be our testimony too. It ought to be our testimony that we were told that Jesus Christ the Savior died upon the cross of Calvary. We were told and we came to the foot of the cross and by faith we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and we we're gloriously saved. We left rejoicing because I know the Savior. I'm born again. My sins are forgiven. I'm on my way to heaven. And one day Jesus Christ is coming again to claim me as his own. And we will be raptured. We will be glorified. We will be with him for all of eternity. All because of Bethlehem 2,000 years ago when Christ the Savior was born. Rejoice for Christ the Savior is born. In December 1903, to many attempts, the Wright brothers were successful in getting their flying machine off the ground. Thrilled with the fact that they had actually flown, they telegraphed their sister a message. Catherine was their sister's name. They telegraphed Catherine a message and said, we've actually flown 120 feet. We'll be home for Christmas. Catherine hurried to the editor of the local newspaper, showed him the message. He glanced at it and he said, how nice. 
the boys will be home for Christmas. Only is the big news. Man had flown. Beloved, don't miss the big news this day. Jesus Christ, the Savior, is born. That is the big news. That's the news of the day. That's the news of the centuries. The news of the, uh, of the message of the shepherds and the angels and of God himself. Christ, the Savior, is born. Don't miss the message this Christmas. In all the festivities and all the fun and all of this, don't forget Christ, the Savior, was born. Let's pray. Great Father, we thank you today. For your word, we thank you, Father, that Christ the Savior left heaven's glory some 2,000 years ago, was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid in a manger in that stable, and that you sent the heavenly host to announce it to some, common, uh, to some common shepherds on a hill, who then left glorifying and putting God because they've seen the Savior. May we leave this place this day singing your praise as Christ, the Savior, is born. Bless now as we close with a carol we pray in his name. Amen. Pastor Ken is going to come and lead singing of number 12. Angels we have heard on First and last, number 12, as we close this morning. Yeah. 